0: Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. And this time we are going to be reviewing Al-Hakam I.
1: Okay. It's it's always a good sign when there's a number, particularly so, when it's one. It, it suggests that things are going to go interestingly, if nothing else.
0: Yes. Uh, well, Abdel-Rachman <laughs> has really set up his kingdom for success. We've had right. two really good, both fuero signers yes, in yes, Abdel-Rachman yes. first and Hisham the first.
1: Yeah. We are definitely doing a period in which, as, as you say, the North has gone to hell, and therefore the South is doing very, very well.
0: Yes. Well, we're going to see that tide turn turn a little bit in Al-Hakam's episode. It's going to be oh. uh, a bit more varied than the last I see, that we had. I see.
1: All right. More of a mixed bag. That's, more that's of a mixed fine. bag. All right.
0: Before we get started, appropriately enough, since we are in the South and doing Muslim rulers, I'd like to mm-hmm. wish those of our listeners who celebrate a happy Ramadan. It started yes. yesterday. Yes.
1: It has always struck me as entertaining and seems as though it's designed to cause conflict that we're leaving Lent just at the point at which Muslims are entering Ramadan. And it's that is it's, true. We overlap for a little bit. We overlap for a little bit, but then we get out early and it's it's kind of like being the class that that starts vacation a week before. Well we did um, start
0: early. The Christians we did. did
1: with Lent. So we've been we going for, for a hot end. Um, but it just it strikes me that if they'd allied perfectly Yeah, I think the Crusades would have been a lot shorter. Well, um, everyone
0: having if... parties, you never want yeah, to fight. So. Exactly. All right. So let's get on to Al-Hakam. Al-Hakam yes. the first. His full name is Abu al-As al-Hakam ibn mm-hmm. Hisham ibn Abd al-Rahman.
1: Oh, wow. All right. So
0: he is the son of Hisham, who is the yes. son of Abd al-Rahman, which we discussed yes. in our previous two episodes. Right. He was born about the year 771. Now, he is not the oldest son of Hisham. He did have an older brother who died in childhood. Okay. So he is the oldest surviving son of Hisham. Okay.
1: He's the reason you have an heir and a spare. It is, Um, although
0: Hisham had many, many children. Oh, all right. He had plenty to
1: choose from. Hisham produced sons like he was laying in a bunker.
0: Well, he just produced a lot of heirs. You know, he had his wife and then he had many concubines. And and as we learned, it's not always the first born son that inherits. No, that's... And
1: usually that's a good thing. And Uh, usually that's
0: a good thing. You get a deeper pool to pick from. But Al-Hakam was the oldest surviving son, and he Mm. does inherit from Hisham. Now, when he's born in 771, his grandfather, Abd al-Rahman, is still king. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he actually, interestingly enough, has a very similar childhood to Abd al-Rahman himself, who grew up in Hisham's court, who was his grandfather, the Caliph Hisham, as you know, just a member of the royal family, getting the best education and the best mm-hmm. opportunities. And, and this is what Al Haq experienced.
1: Well, and, and of course, if you can live through, obviously living through another person's reign teaches you a lot of stuff, but also, as we've seen, living through another person's succession and that transition period, which is always the danger zone, is also very smart. Yes. Um, or fortunate, I should say.
0: Yes. So Al-Hakam lives to the end of al Rahman's reign, which right. uh, is until 788. Right. So he is, oh, like a teenager when his okay. father- takes power. All
2: right. Then of
0: course we knew that Hisham ruled for eight years. And mm-hmm. so uh Al Hakim is is in his mid-twenties when okay. he inherits the throne. So a pretty pretty good time to inherit.
1: That's that's a not bad time. I like it's 30s, not bad. but tw-
0: but 20s is good. Mid-20s. He's not so young that he's going to do something that's that's stupid. Right.
2: Right. Uh, exactly. But he's not
0: so old that he's going to have a very short reign and leave the country in chaos. Also that. When he takes power well, the 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 story of Al Hakam's reign is mostly going to be one of battling warfare and rebellion.
1: Oh, all right. This kind Let's... of
0: distinguishes him from Hisham. Hisham did have some troubles at the beginning with his brothers, right, right Suleyman right.
1: and Abdallah. How dangerous is it when you've got the older brother that Hisham had?
0: Well, the funnily enough. The first issue that al-Hakam has to deal with is his uncles, Suleiman and Abdullah. Oh, well, of course. So They when were just they, waiting for the opportunity to stir waiting. it up again. Mm-hmm. Right, well, they, they lost against Hisham in those sanguinary encounters that we right. discussed in Hisham's yes. episode. But after being defeated, they both went into exile. Neither right. of them were captured or put to death or right. imprisoned or anything like that.
1: Well, if if you're going to be defeated by someone, please be defeated by someone known as Amiable. Um. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yes, you mentioned that his name was Amiable. He also had a nickname of the Just. But Hisham yeah. was actually a good tactician and a good sure. general. Sure. Al-Hakam does not have that reputation when he first oh, no. comes to the throne. I mean, nobody uh, right. really knows what, what he's capable of because he's right. brand new. So sure. this is probably why Suleiman and Abdallah decide to try it again. Why not? As a matter of fact, Abdallah, the younger one, who I still can't figure out why he wants to overthrow the king. He's not going to be king, right, right? Right. It's this is Suleiman who wants to settle the score.
1: We always have to remember this is family. So mm. there is something spiteful somewhere back as in you took the last cookie when we were five that kind of thing
0: well abdallah in support of this rebellion goes to charlemagne in access to oh! la chapelle to ask for uh, help uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh,
1: okay yeah, uh,
0: if doesn't go well no
1: no no that's, that's <laughs> like just, going it's like that basically i'm having trouble open this jar let's go to the hulk well the hulk deigns to get involved
0: you oh. know he he does not he does not want to be any part of this. Abdullah no. comes back empty-handed, and Suleiman and Abdullah take on Al Hakam's forces just with themselves and and their own supporters. Unwise. Suleiman takes the lead during this. He attacks mm. Cordoba, but he is forced back by Al Hakam's forces and retreats to Merida. Uh, which was actually Hisham's old stronghold. Right, right. I was going to say,
1: Hisham had moved it to, to Merida. Yes, okay.
0: Maybe this is why Suleyman is very quickly captured.
1: Right. You're you're going to the clubhouse that he founded to hide. Why would you do that?
0: Yeah. And Al-Hakam decides, you know what? This is going to be a recurring problem. I'm going to have him executed. So Suleyman is
1: executed. Right. You made this a thing. Now I have to treat it like a thing. Yes.
0: (laughs) Abdullah sees where this is going, and he flees to Valencia.
1: Okay. And
0: All lives right. out his life. He no more comes to
1: overtake the throne. I hope you like orange juice. That's literally the only joke that I can think of there. Valencia is a very nice city. Oh, and I'm a sure very nice
0: is. province. And yes. there are lots of oranges.
1: All right, not going to name. lie. All right.
0: All right. So the first hurdle has been overcome. This could yes. have exploded into a large civil war, but Al-Hakam right. does take care of it. Yep. Proving maybe not so much that Hisham was an amazing general, but that Sulayman and Abdullah are pretty terrible not fit for the job so good on that however being occupied with this at the Mm -hmm. right at the start of his reign right gives the christian powers time to kind of regroup and figure out what's going on and what they want to do this is most easily seen with the franks Mm. So the the Franks are the ones who really take the opportunity to gain some territory back. Oh, we spoke no. in Hisham's episode of the taking of Narbonne or
1: the retaking
0: right. of Narbonne. Right, right. This is the first thing to go back. I was Louis,
1: I was going to say they are absolutely not going to let that one slide. Louis the uh,
0: Pious is mm-hmm. uh, he's actually designated as king of aquitaine basically he's a sub-king under his father charlemagne so charlemagne <laughs> is still the king but right. he's setting up his sons to take over from him so louis right. the pious is in charge of aquitaine and according to al-makari uh, he says quote in consequence however of the civil wars which broke out between him meaning al-hakam and his two mm-hmm. uncles the right. infidels seized the opportunity to invade the territory of the muslims uh-huh. having made an incursion into the districts of barcelona they reduced that city in the year 801 the muslim garrison withdrawing to other such fortresses as acknowledged their sway in those parts Ugh. so barcelona is lost at this point this is the first territory on the other side of the Pyrenees, on the spanish side as we think of it with our modern Mm -hmm. nations Mm -hmm. lost to a christian um to the franks okay ouch and barcelona will never go back barcelona will be christian from now on all right okay as um, a matter I'll make, of fact, I'll make a next... note of
1: that. Actually, yes. Yeah,
0: right. uh, well, you won't have to make too big of a note to remember because our next episode is going to be the very first count of Barcelona. Ah, there. all right, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. All
1: right, so put a put a big old in Barcelona. Yes, because right, we're going to
0: be talking about that next. Bera okay. was appointed by Louis the Pious to be mm-hmm. basically the, the Christians, the Franks man mm-hmm. in right. Barcelona and in the surrounding territories.
1: By the way, the nickname, I mean, or the sobriquet, I suppose we have to call it. Oh, Louis, Louis the, the Pious? Pious? I mean, uh, maybe it's just the fact that I had a sort of quasi-religious upbringing, but there was always a kid who would memorize more of, you know, basically we we would be assigned to memorize a Bible verse and he would memorize the verse before and the verse after just to be a little show off. And so when I think of somebody who would receive the name, the pious, my fists, my hands turn into fists immediately because I'm thinking of that kid. <laughs> It's funny because we call
0: him Louis the Pious in retrospect. In Mm -hmm. Amakari, he is called Mm -hmm. Ludovic, son of Carl, king of the Franks.
1: (laughs) Well, that's way more of a badass name. I mean,
0: (laughs) so Ludovic is
2: his name and his father
0: Charlemagne is called Carl. Again, we call him Charlemagne because we call him Charles the Great. That's right, what of Charlemagne course we means.
1: Do. Sure, yeah. If you want someone to sound tough, just Teutonic it up a little bit. Exactly. Um, that's, yeah, that's better. That's better. Because I, I can handle getting my ass kicked by Ludwig. I cannot handle getting my ass kicked by Louis the Pious. That's fair.
0: Alhacov also has to... Well, okay. So Alhacov loses that encounter. Barcelona right. has
1: fallen. Sure, all right.
0: He also decides to turn his attention more to the Asturians. Sure. Right more to the the Christian kingdoms in the north. Right. This is what Al Makari has to say about it. Mm. Quote during the civil wars in which Al-Hakam had been engaged, the Christians, profiting by the separation of the Muslim troops from their frontiers, had often Mm -hmm. assailed the defenseless points of the Mohammedan territory, reduced the castles, led the inhabitants into captivity, and committed all manners of ravages and depredations.
2: Mm -hmm. In
0: order to check their progress and chastise their insolence, Al-Hakam determined upon sending yearly expeditions against them and dispatched army after army under the command of his best generals to waste their territory and put everything before them to fire and sword
1: oh okay all right so
0: he's kind of following <laughs> in the steps of hisham and abd al rahman the first two at the beginning where every year right. it's campaign season you got to have a show of force to to keep the other right. kingdom in
1: check yeah and i mean he, he comes to power in 796 i i have here my notes that 794 was a banner year of war against Asturia, and why not why not keep that ball rolling Yes. Um, is is Abdel Malik, uh, who was the general, is he still in the game? Now, or? he is
0: not mentioned, but his brother is, Abdel Karim. I mentioned that they were two of them,
1: right? Okay. Abdel right.
0: Karim seems to remain in Al-Hakam's favor. and actually becomes his uh, chamberlain. Right. Okay. So, so Abdel know. Karim is not only one right. of the great generals, and he's mentioned many times in the sources, right. uh, he also seems to be running things. You see, see a lot in Al-Hakam's reign, a lot more expansion of what we think of as a court system. You mm, know, mm-hmm, Abdel Rahman mm-hmm. I and Hisham I were very hands-on. They right. would often go into battle themselves. Mm-hmm. They would often pass laws and pass judgment themselves. Al-Hakam is more delegating
1: okay well government's right. growing that's the usually government the sign is, yes of, that's usually at, at the beginning that's a sign of a very healthy society towards the end it's the sign of a dying society of, of a bloat yes. I, th- I think we're i think we're at the early stages so yes. uh that might go in his favor hmm there's another important battle
0: against the basques which is <sighs> not called out now al makari says i'm going to talk about a couple battles and he talks about a couple of very successful battles that the Cordoban forces have against asturias okay nothing sure. is really gained or lost but it's something that can show that al Hakam still has the the prestige and the power oh, of his father and grandfather
1: again this feels very much like professional sports this feels like it does oh it's the season and you know, Manchester is going to kick the hell out of, you know, Liverpool, uh, th- that kind of thing. I mean, it's it, it feels very uh, feels very sporty. Um, yes, it's you know, very with a, with a slightly higher body count. So American football, yes, uh,
0: sporty with a body count is yeah, exactly is, is kind of uh, how it goes. Right. Uh, but there's one battle that I'm going to mention that is not really mentioned in the Arabic sources, but mm, uh, we okay. do know it happened. So this battle is known as the Battle of Pancorbo. The Battle of Pancorbo. It took place okay. in 816. Now Al-Makari does call out. A battle in 815, where Abdel Karim goes up against the Franks. They plunder the, comp- the country. They raise several forces, but they were met by the king of the Galicians at the head of considerable forces. They were mm-hmm. encamped on the banks of a river. They skirmished for several days, but there was a lot of heavy rains. The river started to flood, and they both had to retreat. Oh, but the okay. Muslims, but the Muslims were victorious. Y- y- it- of course,
2: of, of course. course. Right.
0: It seems that this might be a reference, however Mm. oblique, to Mm -hmm. the Battle of Pancorbo. The Battle Mm. of Pancorbo is a battle that took place in the east of Spain, Mm -hmm. which is probably why the Arabic sources call out the Franks.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It probably
0: wasn't the Franks, It, it was most likely the Basques.
2: Mm, and mm-hmm. this is
0: probably also why it calls out the king of the Galicians, which is also a way that the Arabic sources refer to the Asturian king.
2: Okay, so, all right. right, Because okay, they also gotcha. had a
0: lot of Galicia, sure. right? I think the Arabic sources are a little um, – Salty still about losing Galicia way back at the time of the Berber <laughs> <Right>. revolt.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> so, so this this battle at the Battle of Panorba was a mm-hmm. Muslim, a Cordoban uh, success. Okay. Right, okay. but the reason I'm calling it out is because it caused a huge backlash among the people of the area, the Basques, mm. their Frankish allies, and in particular a guy named Inigo Arista. We oh. are coming very close to the time where we are going to have a Basque monarchy
1: to talk about. Ooh, goody! <laughs> and Inigo Arista is going to be the first one all right All yeah. right. good so uh, we'll we're planting to... planting a seed planting we're a planting
0: seed. that seed i've planted the okay. seed of the count of barcelona and now i planted mm-hmm. the seed of the kingdom of pamplona which is the all Mask right kingdom awesome. so yeah uh great for us but not so great for Alhaca when you think about it no you know, his no, tenure no. has now sparked two different other challenging kingdoms
1: right yeah no It yeah. it it does there is sort of a quality of you know eisenhower saying let's just send a few advisors to indochina what's the worst that could happen the part of al-hakam's rule for which he is truly truly infamous oh no are the revolts (laughs) Uh, okay there are
0: two that stand out that he has to deal with okay this is not the Suleiman Abdullah revolt that was taken care of no, pretty no, no.
1: easily. That doesn't uh, count as a revolt. That's more no. of a snit
0: fit with a body count. As, you know. Yes. Okay. The first one is going to be the revolt of Toledo. Now, okay. according to Ibn al-Kutiyya, who writes a lot about both of these revolts, mm. here's what he says about Toledo.
2: Mm.
0: He says, quote, Al-Hakam was involved in three great conflicts. One of them was that of Toledo, where the people were mm. haughty, Monevolent <laughs> and disdainful of his governors in a way that none of his other subjects were.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay, so we're definitely fixing the blame on the, you know, on the Toledans. Well, it,
0: it seems like they didn't even necessarily rise up in arms; they just had an attitude, and Al Hakam right, didn't right. like it. Oh, <laughs> this was a lot of this was generated by a poet who lived in Toledo, and I, a guy named Gitterbeep. He's wearing a turtleneck. He's got to be wearing a turtleneck. He he was apparently very popular with the citizenry of Toledo. And so mm-hmm. he would he would uh, speak out against Al-Hakam and everyone would get all riled up and be apparently haughty, malevol- malevolent, and disdainful.
1: Uh, I'm just seeing a smoky cafe and the worst people there snapping their fingers in approval of a slam poem.
0: Despite the fact that this guy was a poet, Al-Hakam mm-hmm. was not willing to to move against Toledo while this guy was still alive.
1: Oh, my. Right, All right. He
0: did it. He knew he was unpopular
1: mm, in
2: Toledo. Okay. And sure. he did
0: not want to move against the Toledans and, and impose harsh penalties for their disloyalty and their uh, disdain while mm. this poet guy was still alive and could write about it.
1: You know, not dumb, actually. If you're thinking in terms of you know, I got time and if I move, there's no way it's not going to, there's not going to be, shall we say, archival blowback.
2: Yes, Uh, there's going to be a backlash.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: However, the poet, Mm Yirbib, dies during Al-Hakam's reign. So Al-Hakam is still on the throne, Yep, Yirbib dies a natural death. And so Al-Hakam says, okay, I got to punish these guys.
1: Yes, Bring me that folder that I put in the file cabinet marked payback.
0: <laughs> the first thing he does is he calls a friend of his to him named Amrus. Mm-hmm. Now, Amrus is a mualad. We talked about this term in the intro to the Muslim episode. This is someone who has converted to Islam. Right. Okay. And in Spain, yes. this is usually used to refer to a Christian who has right. converted to Islam. Okay. This guy's from Huesca, which is near Zaragoza. Mm-hmm. And Al-Hakam summons Amrus to him and says, I want you to be like the mayor of Toledo. I want you to be in charge of Toledo. But I'm telling you right now, I got a beef with these people Mm -hmm. and I need you to help me get revenge on them.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. And
0: Amrus says... Okay, that's cool. Amrus has a lot of connections in Toledo. The Mm -hmm. people in Toledo trust him. They think that he is one of them. And Um, so Al-Hakam says, here's what you do. You're going to ingratiate yourself with the people of Toledo. You have my permission to say whatever you want about me. You can tell them in secret that you like the people of Toledo better than you like the Umayyad rulers. I don't care. Just get uh, them on
1: your side. Oh, okay. Amrus uh... is
0: like, Okay. Cool. What, what's what's the game plan? Mm-hmm. And Al Hakam says, "I want to build a fort in Toledo."
1: Okay, pillow or blanket? What <laughs> what are we talking about
0: here? <laughs> well, uh, what uh, Ibn Al Qutiya says this that Al Hakam says to Amrus, um, tell them. I have seen one evil cause of friction between you and the sultan's governors, the billeting of troops among you and your wives, wives and children. So I propose to build a fort in an outlying part of the city where the troops could be quartered. They'll be isolated from you and you will be relieved of their mischief. So wow. Amruz pitches it to Toledo like that. And the Toledos are like, yeah, that's actually a really great idea. Let's do it.
1: So oh, they build wow. a fort. The Tlaidans are really not thinking two moves ahead on this one. They are not really
0: <laughs> thinking that what they have just given permission to yeah. is having a whole bunch of soldiers right. all together in their town right.
1: that are loyal yeah. to the king. Hand over all our guns and knives? Why Why? Why wouldn't we? That sounds like a great idea. Right. So so they build the fort. They start garrisoning soldiers
0: in it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Then Alhaka moves the next piece into into play what was it a giant horse (laughs) it wasn't a giant horse but basically what he does is he spreads the word that there is a large attack by the franks on the marches and so everybody has to get together and prepare for war
1: plausible right. to be fair that's very which is plausible. very plausible is Charlemagne Charlemagne exists so that's plausible
0: yes <laughs> al-hakam actually goes in person to toledo to raise the troops and he brings his son abd al-rahman who will be uh, abd al-rahman the second okay. he's 14 at this time all right <laughs> so it's him his advisors his 14 year old son they all go to toledo <laughs> al-hakam has written a letter explaining everything they're getting there ready to, to raise some troops <laughs>
1: I, I just imagine the conversation that Al-Hakman is having with his son. Just, uh, kid, you're going to see some stuff. Maybe an empty stomach for the first couple of days, because you're not going to like this. Oh, wow. You, you're you a good predictor. Here oh, we go. God! No, I hate being a good predictor. Okay? Not in this
0: case. No. So they get there and they announce, oh, you know, the threat has been eliminated. We don't actually have to go to war. Isn't that great? And everyone Um, in Toledo goes, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yay! Then Al-Hakam and Amrus do this little pantomime where Amrus is so grateful. He Mm -hmm. invites
1: Al-Hakam to come into the city sure, come
0: to the fort and we'll have a
1: celebration. It would be rude not to have a little bit of a nosh. Come, come, join us. And (laughs) Al-Hakam
0: says, oh no, I don't want to impose on the great city of Toledo. I know you guys have have had problems with me. I need right. an invitation specifically from them and right. then blah, blah, blah. Okay, right. they do this this Vampire whole pantomime. Rules. Vampire
1: rules. You yes. have to invite me in.
0: Yes, the people eventually say, no, no, please come in. We want to celebrate. Al-Hakam enters the city and goes to the fort. Oh, boy. And he orders a banquet to be prepared and that the leading members of the city of Toledo from both the town and the country should attend.
1: Oh, this is the Red Wedding.
0: It is the Red Wedding. Oh, no. (laughs) I I will read this. Quote, this is from uh, Ibn al-Qutiyah. Quote, Mm -hmm. so they came. And they were told to enter by a designated door while their mounts were led away to await them at the other door for when they came out. Uh-huh. But inside, executioners awaited them, swords ready on the edge of the pit. All who entered were decapitated, some five thousand three hundred and more. Whoa! Prince, oh, Ab-
1: my Lord!
0: Prince Abdal rakman witnessed all of this and acquired a nervous oh. twitch of the eye until oh. the day he died. Whoa. End
1: quote. I mean, I get 14, he was 14. He was 14. I give him credit for just getting a nervous twitch. If that had been me, it would have been more along the lines of, and for the rest of his life, all he could say was, what the so 14-year-old
0: uh, watched the Massacre. Now, 5, most scholars think it was not 5,000 people,
1: but other sources
0: say that it was the nobles and all their attendants. So like 72 nobles and then their servants.
1: And, you know, you know. Uh, Once it's more than three. Oh, it was definitely more than it's, three. It's That is... Uh, no, no, no. Okay, no.
0: Ibn al-Kutiyah then follows up by saying that the people of Toledo
1: remained subservient throughout al-Hakam yeah, and al-Rahman did. II's reign. Well, you know, it's it's hard to be defiant when you're headless. So that was Good the first Lord. uprising that
0: al-Hakam took That's care of. That's not
1: an uprising! That's not an uprising! No, they were just rude to
0: him That's and he an took attitude. revenge. It's It's an just, attitude. I mean,
1: oh my god!
0: Oh, it's very Lord. funny. These stories all come from Ibn al-Kutiyah and al Bakari. The yeah. Akbar Muha does not include any of these stories. It's all no. about the poems no. that al-Hakam wrote.
1: We might have a top scorer for Nomedigas. We might. Um, That's only the first I got another uprising to tell
0: you about. Okay. This one was Uh, in uh Córdoba. So, as you can imagine from a guy who has faced an uprising from his uncles and then attitude from Toledo, he's Uh pretty paranoid.
1: Yeah, he's made an impression. He's made um. an
0: impression, but he feels like he needs more security, so he is the first one to start up a bodyguard for the king.
1: Oh, you created the Praetorians! What he a does. smart he, idea he, that is. He
0: hires uh, the sources called the mamelukes which I'm not sure why, but they were mostly Christians. They were oh. mostly Moalads and
1: Christians. Oh, they are the Praetorians. They you are either, the Praetorian Guard. They are outsiders. not outsiders. No. Yeah, they are not wow. members
0: of the of the ruling class.
1: Oh boy. Yes. Oh dear.
0: To okay. pay for this, uh-huh. Al has to raise taxes.
1: Of course he does. Because this... if you're going to raise taxes, you're going to be unpopular. If you're going to be unpopular, you're going to need bodyguards. If you're going to need bodyguards, you got to raise taxes. Yes, this it's... cycle goes on forever.
0: It is a vicious cycle, and it means that many of the nobility in Córdoba, which is where the heaviest of the taxes fall, because that's uh-huh. the easiest to collect from, sure. that's where al lives. So a bunch of people get together and they want to overthrow al
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine that the constant refrain from the nobility is, good thing you hired those bodyguards. They don't have zero. Role play.
0: they decide mm-hmm. that they want to overthrow al-hakam but they want to replace it with another member of the umayyad dynasty this is Uh-oh. a guy named ibn al-shamas
2: ibn in, al-shamas it, okay.
0: the the sources refer to him as al-hakam's nephew mm-hmm. but looking at the family tree he was a cousin because yeah they are uh, both grandchildren of abd al
1: right it's like when you when you read arthurian stories everybody's referred to as a cousin it's just sort of a catch-all. They're, they're, right. they're just, there. there's blood there. That's basically, you know. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think looking at it, the actual relation is first cousin once removed, but okay. nephew right. no, is sense. what he's That's referred true. to. So these notables in Cordoba, they, they contact Ibn al-Shabbas and they say, hey, we would like to depose your relative. We want to put you on the throne. Ibn al-Shabbas is hesitant. He says, I, I need to know how much support do you have right you know like who's who's supporting you in this right the conspirators weren't expecting this yeah and so they said uh come back at this time and we'll tell you uh, um, <laughs> they did not have a they didn't have a list I was ready say, if,
1: if i were al-shamas this would be the clap my dust my hands and walk away like if you haven't thought this through to that point this is going to wind up with me being significantly shorter than i am now
0: yeah missing a whole head <laughs> yeah. uh if al-shamas does think this because he says all right i'll meet you at that time when you tell me the list of people and then he immediately goes to
1: al-hakam <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say like, first did- of all okay number one you have to promise not not to be mad. Number two. <laughs> well, it
0: doesn't go as well as he thinks. He reports oh. that there's a plot in Cordoba uh-huh. against him, and Al Hakam, right. who, as I said, is very paranoid, paranoid at this point, he says, By God, you want to turn me against the leading men of my city. You had better have proof or you will die.
1: Oh, you dummy. All right. Okay.
0: All right. All right. That's a good thing, though, because Ibn al Shamas can answer that. He says, Actually, I'm going to meet with them and get a list of people who are, you know,
1: supporting this this coup. We're going to do sitcom shenanigans. All right. You're going to hide just off. Yeah. Off screen. That is exactly what's going to happen. That's
0: exactly what happens. Ibn Uh al-Shavas says, send one of your men with me. I'm going to go meet with the conspirators. They're going to tell me everybody who supports right. them. You could listen yeah. in and find out sure. for yourself.
1: Uh, but we're not going to hide him behind a tapestry because- No, we are going to hide out. him behind
0: a tapestry. That never works out. No, we're <laughs> hiding it behind a tapestry. That's exactly what happens.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> somewhere el- in the literary great beyond, Polonius is shaking his head saying, not smart.
0: <laughs> so Ibn al meets with the conspirators uh-huh. and he says, all right, You've collected the names. Tell me, right. he says. Who agrees with you in this? And the conspirators start saying, "Oh, so and so, and uh-huh. so and so, and so." It's literally says so and so. speaks very
1: slowly into this conspicuous boutonniere I'm wearing. The secretary <laughs> who is hiding behind the curtain is
0: furiously writing down as many yeah, as he possible. Is. He is. Here's the quote. Quote. Uh-huh. But they mentioned so many people that. The- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) They mentioned so many people that the secretary got the wind up. So he caused the reed pen to scratch loudly on the parchment. Oh, hell. He is writing so fast and so furiously that he right. makes a scratching noise yeah. with his pen Somewhere and everyone hears. Behind him. the
1: arras comes the muffled. Could you slow down? I'm already on the second page. <laughs> well, the
0: sources also suggest that the secretary was worried because he, he has no way of knowing whether this is true. These conspirators sure. could have come and just named any random person. Right, that's true. Which means that like the secretary's own name could come out
1: he would true he he
0: could have been named like they're naming all all these
1: people in Cordoba. it's a bad gig no one's no one's denying that but this is is a bad
0: idea so everyone hears the pen scratch everyone Uh, turns and looks at the curtain
1: opens it up there's the secretary with the biggest grin and the widest eyes (laughs) once again we have a callback okay you have to promise not to be mad
0: Everybody flees the meeting instantly. Yes, they do. Everyone drops and runs and they go to tell everybody who has been named. Yes. The smart people got up and left immediately. Yeah, no. The not-so-smart people delayed to pack their bags right. to say goodbye to their wives and children. Right. No, that was bad because don't they forget got the caught. the sunscreen.
1: Did you remember the sunscreen? We're going to need the sunscreen. Well, we don't have sunscreen. All right. Well, go so borrow some. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Nope, nope, nope. They were caught. Anybody who mm. delayed was caught. They were beheaded and their heads yep. were put on pikes along the Guadalquivir
1: River. Okay. And how many dogs and pigs were slaughtered?
0: Uh, no this. dogs. And pigs. Oh, okay. All right. Um, good.
1: Good. So we're we're. You know what? It's progress. I approve. Yes.
0: Well, the the story doesn't end here because when the people uh, of the Arabal suburb of Cordoba, which is kind mm-hmm. of in the west of Cordoba, when yes. they hear about these arrests and executions, they break out in revolt. This is in of the year 870. Fighting continued for many months between them and the forces of Al eventually, mm-hmm. Alhaca is successful but the the suburb was basically raised to the ground
1: oh okay the fighting so cordoba's at peace again <laughs> well i mean yeah and technically so is hiroshima uh I, i'm not sure that that's that's the word we'd use but all right yeah
0: Al-Hakam is surprisingly magnanimous in i mean he does burn the entire sector of the city to the ground uh huh. <laughs> but a lot of people surrendered, and he actually decides that he wants to grant clemency to them.
1: Well, you know what? Once you've cut off your five thousandth head, maybe you start to see that uh it's just it's lost its luster. He grants them leave to depart Cordoba. He says, mm. "You
0: you can't stay here and possibly rise up against me again. But if you would like to go someplace else, I grant you safe passage."
1: okay uh i'm gonna point out to him that you know what your dad had that policy with your uncle and look what happened there i don't want you to kill more people but
0: well it's very interesting because a lot of them do move to other places together and set up umayyad spanish colonies basically in this place one Mm -hmm. one group goes back to fez in morocco and actually uh a lot of people over the years who have been kicked out of Spain will go to Fez. And if you go mm. to Fez now and you go to the marketplace at the souk, you can mm-hmm. see a lot of Andalusian architecture. Oh, all right. Yeah. Nice. So a lot of them go to North Africa. They go to Fez in Morocco and settle. And another mm-hmm. group go to Alexandria in Egypt. Mm-hmm. They live there for a while, a couple generations, and then mm-hmm. they have problems with the uh, leadership in Alexandria. They leave hmm. Alexandria and they go to Crete. Oh, wow! That and is. They a... were, and they were there for generations. They were there when the Ottomans were there.
1: That mm-hmm. That is a long ass time to go. Okay. All a right. Long, yeah. Long is... time. Yeah. All right.
0: Yes. So those are the two biggest uprisings that Al Hakam has to deal with.
1: Lordy, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot.
0: It is a lot. He has quite a long raid, but mm. for the last seven years of Al Hakam's reign, he gets ill and he is oh. sick for seven years.
2: Ooh, it never is not, a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It
0: yeah. is not detailed what the illness is,
2: mm. but it mm.
0: is what eventually kills him
2: off. Hmm. Uh, however,
0: getting sick does have an upside because he mm-hmm. decides to repent of his murderous and <laughs> ways. Oh, and the last seven years of his reign are actually quite peaceful. Oh, wait, I'm gonna die and hell is real. Uh, okay,
2: all right. Oh sorry. yeah. By the way,
0: I was terrible, and uh, there are lots in the uh, Akbar Makmuhha. There's a lot of, as I said, poetry written by al Hakam, and it's all about like his concubines and how beautiful they are and how much he wants them so he was clearly a guy given to worldly pleasures
1: yeah this is Uh, not this is not hisham 2.0 no no it is not you know i can think of a way that he could make it up uh to everybody he could build a or well or or three come on man
0: no. Well, uh, he, after the seven years of his illness, during which he was uh, more or less a changed man, he uh-huh. dies at the end of the year 822, end of the mm. uh, Islamic year. So it was actually May mm. of 822. Okay. He reigned All for right.
1: 26 years. 26, you know, yeah. for a lunatic, that's pretty good. <laughs> um,
0: so that is the life and reign of
1: Al-Hakam. You ready to reign it? I am... Yes, I am. I am. I can do this.
2: First
0: category is Conquistadores. How much land did he conquer? How good was he at war? I mean,
1: okay, okay. He was
0: certainly decisive.
1: Right. However, first of all, let's start with the borders moved in the wrong direction. They did did barcelona well narbonne was lost right it was never going
0: to be held on to for very long barcelona was lost there were other skirmishes in Mm -hmm. the barcelona area which i am leaving for bera's episode because it kind of really touches him more than it does alhacom sure but the what will become known as the spanish marches are Mm -hmm. on the way to christian control it's because of him
1: Obviously, we have a a good record of intramural war. Uh, so we have that. I mean, and then there's and then there's there's winning in, in Cordoba e- eventually. Good at war. I yes. don't know that
0: I want to say that he's really great at war. His no. generals were pretty good. Karim right. got a lot of victories over the Asturians, over right. the Basques, mm-hmm. at the Battle of Pancorbo. Sure. But- they weren't anything that that involved a great retaking of land. No, no, no and I, I, when right, when ahead. it comes to putting down the revolts,
1: right? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call what happened war. No, no. I mean, well, I mean, you've got an organized group of people fighting against another organized group of people. Uh, I mean, it feels, I-, I would call it civil war adjacent. I don't want to score him very high. I guess I guess that's the point. I, but don't, I don't either. I'm not super impressed. But I don't want to give him nothing. Because he was that,
0: successful in right, several of his encounters.
1: Basically saying, I want to win this war. I'm going to give the job to a great general okay that's that's actually fair and and smart i uh, i mean two does two feel sort of two feels right?
0: pretty good and i okay. actually think i'm also going to give him a two okay i'm going to give him a two because yeah. you're right he he did do some stuff he maintained his hold on power but right he did really 26 years much.
1: yeah i mean there's that but on the other hand most of the people you killed were your own that's less war and more tyranny but but all right i will i still i will give him a two
0: i will also give him a two so that is a four for conquistadores right this is his category no maybe okay. yes what oh, kind of I gossipy
1: mean, things did he do where to begin i mean oh wait so- i know where to begin five thousand beheadings
0: all right, so we have Toledo at the 5,000 I mean, beheading.
1: Oh my God!
0: Which he got through trickery, by the way. He invited yes. people to a banquet after right. doing a sham call to arms to put I everybody mean, on the wrong foot.
1: This is an amazing episode of a series. This is, this is fictional. It seems uh, fiction. It seems right, like something exactly. out no. of an HBO series. It, yes. It's so narratively tight. That it is. And, uh, and, and of course it seems fictional. It was a plot. It was a plot. They made it up. Yes. That he plotted through masterfully, like literally everything went exactly the way that he wanted it to go. This is Odysseus taking Troy. I have to say I'm, I'm horrified, but I'm impressed in exactly equal measure. This is, I, I'm your... going to tell you another story about Al-Hakam because oh, when you oh, when goody. you hear
0: these stories, you're like, uh-huh. he's a tyrant, yeah. he's cruel,
2: merciless,
0: yes. etc. Sure. And that is true, but he but. was also willing to listen to people who argued for restraint. Oh, okay. All he, right. Here's a story. This is this is coming from Al-Makari. Uh huh. Quote, Al Hakam had a favorite whom he much loved. His name was Zayyad ibn Abdirahman. Mm-hmm. Being one day in company with Zayyad, Al Hakam flew into a violent passion with one of his eunuchs for presenting to him a petition which he did not want to see. And he <laughs> ordered that the slave should immediately have his hand cut off. Whoa! Again, tyrant, bloodshedder. This is
1: paperwork! Why yes. are you doing this? All right. No sooner had
0: Al Hakam issued the order than Ziyad, who happened to be present at the time, said to him, "May God prosper the Emir." I was once told by Malik Ibn Ans. Remember him? He's the yep. important theologian that every right. all the hot right. I right was going to say,
1: I, I have yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I was
0: once told by Malik Ibn Ans, who had it from Rifa Ibn Katha, that whoever right. will refrain from anger and moderate his passions shall mm-hmm. be secure against the wrath of God on the day of judgment. This, in some measure, appeased the anger of Al Hakam, <laughs> right. who said. Did Maliki ben really say that? Yes, he did, answered Ziyad, upon which Al-Hakam remitted the sentence and pardoned the offense of his slave. Wow! So I I want to relate that story because I think it really clearly shows the temperament (laughs) of Al-Hakam. He is a guy who is willing to be tyrannical, to punish the nobles of Toledo for being rude. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you get to him and you're like, Look, just remember that we're supposed to be a religion of peace. Mm-hmm. You know, Malik Ibn Ad said that. I love that reaction. Did right. he really say that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, okay. He's yeah, just surprisingly I, malleable.
1: I, I will say he he appears to be more ruthless, less psychotic. There's more uh, a, a tendency to, shall we say, choose a cold blooded course of action and stick to it. And then when he has a hot-blooded course of action, he can be talked out of it. I have Um, another story for you about al-Hakam.
0: This is after the Cordoba Uprising. Uh Uh-huh. So the Cordoba Uprising has been done. And uh, one of the uh, important people of the city, a guy named Talut Ibn Abd al-Jabbar al-Mafari, al-Marifi, excuse me, we'll call Uh him Talut. He was a notable theologian in Cordoba, and he took part in the Uprising uh-huh after the uprising had been put down he yeah. he ran away basically he went sure. into hiding
1: as as you do mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> he leaves his home uh, in the city which was near the mosque mm-hmm. and he moves in with one of his friends who is jewish Oh, okay. He the, the Jewish people live in another quarter of sure. town. They don't necessarily associate. You know, they have their own society oh, and their right. own community. So mm-hmm. he goes to his friend who's Jewish and says, "Hey, can <laughs> you hide me?" And the the Jewish man says, "Sure, of course I will." Sure. So he stays there for a year. Mm-hmm. Eventually, after the year has gone by, things have quieted down significantly. Yes. And Mm -hmm. Talut thinks, you know, I'd like to get back to my old life. I'd like to, you know, uh, be an important theologian in my own community again. So Talut approaches a a friend of his named Abu Bassam. Mm -hmm. Abu Bassam is a minister in in Al-Hakam's court. Talut approaches him and says, hey, you know here I am. Would it be okay if I could start, you know, has everything (laughs) flown over? Can I start, you know, getting my life back?
1: Have we squashed the beef? I mean, is this, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Abu Basab says, where have you been?
1: (laughs) And Talud said, oh, I was,
0: I was staying with one of the Jews.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Abu Basab says, all right, fine, you know, come on, stay with me. We can find you a house back in your old, you know, neighborhood, et cetera, et, mm-hmm. et cetera. The Amir's definitely forgiven you. It's totally fine.
1: Uh-huh. And then
0: the next morning, Abu Masab went immediately to Al-Hakam and told him that. Of
1: Al-Hakam. course he did. Yeah, that,
0: that he had one of the rebels.
1: Oh, you weasel. This,
0: this comes from Ibn al-Kutiyah. This is another conversation that I love. Mm-hmm. Quote. When he, Abu Bassam, came into Al-Hakam's presence, he said, how would you like a nice fat sheep today, which has been in a pen for a year?
1: Wow. Oh, you're just mean.
0: Al-Hakam responds, meat from caged animals is indigestible. Wild game is lighter and sweeter.
1: Oh! Oh!
0: Abu Bassam, oh. Says, oh. Abu Bassam oh. says, that's not what I mean. I've got talut in my house. Uh-huh. <laughs> So uh, I want to know, like, did Al-Hakam wow. really misunderstand what was going on, or was he like, no, I'm not interested? Psychopath, Abu psychopath. Clearly...
1: I think Al-Hakam knows. I mean, I'm sort of imagining Al-Hakam being played by Christoph Waltz at this point, and he knows.
0: Yeah, but Abu Basab clearly thinks, oh, he didn't get my illusion. I have right. to explain it out in words, which... Says something else about the people's perception
1: of Al Hakim. Yeah, it does. It does.
0: Anyway, so the Emir orders Talut to be brought into his presence, and uh, the old man was brought in in a state of great alarm. Yeah, yeah. He is that's... not expecting this. Right. And Al Hakam says, Tell me, if your father and son owned this palace, would they have treated you with more charity and honor than I? Have you mm-hmm. ever asked for anything without my hastening to do it? and you know goes on and says here's all the (laughs) great things i've done for you and then you rose in a revolt against me Mm. what happened why did you do this Mm. talut again is not expecting this at all he he has no response so (laughs) he says quote at this moment i could do nothing better than admit that all of that is true i disagreed with you god incited me against you you have gained nothing from everything you've done for me like he's like i don't I don't have anything to yeah, say. Just I was yourself on the mercy here. of the court. Exactly. Al mm-hmm. Hakum thinks about this for a bit. And he says, you know, for the past year, I have been thinking about you and I I thought that even the worst torture in the world would not be enough to satisfy me on mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But now that you're here, I forgive you, you know? Oh. It's done. <laughs> it's over. You know, mm. like, now that you're in front of me, it, it right. just doesn't matter anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. If there's no defiance, it's really boring.
0: It's, yeah, he's like,
1: yeah, fine, you're forgiven. Yeah. But
0: then uh, he asks one follow-up question. He oh, says, yeah. where did Abu Basab capture you? Like, how how oh. did he capture you? And Talut says, he didn't. I gave myself right. up to him, but I didn't even yeah. really do that. I just went to him because he was my friend from before. Like, that's mm. the only reason. I went to his house willingly. Right. Capture is not the word I would use. Yes. So Al-Hakam says, so where have you been this whole year? And Talut says, I- I've been with one of the Jews. So then mm. Al-Hakam turns to Abu Basab and says, so no, l- let me make sure I've got this right. Mm. A Jewish person, not a member of our faith, not a mm. member of our community, kept this guy safe from yep. me for a Mm -hmm. whole year Mm -hmm. he didn't have to do it they are not co-religionist but he did then the second he comes to your house you turn him in what kind of a Muslim are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So Abu Basab loses his ministerial job. Yes, and, he does. Uh, was was dismissed from service, and Talut remained one of Al Hakam's confidants until the day he died. Al Hakam wow. attended his funeral in person. Ah,
1: uh, uh, there's so many layers to this. So guy. there's so
0: many layers. To so this many guy. layers. Yes, he murdered five thousand people. Yes, right. he raised an entire district of the city to the ground. Right. Yes, he's bloodthirsty and and you know quick to mm-hmm. anger. Um, right. lots of stories about how much he loves his concubines mm-hmm. and yes, loves, that...
1: um the pleasures of the flesh. Right. Although but he also I, has these right. other layers to him. I, I will say, I mean, I I okay, five thousand beheadings. Is an overreaction, clearly. Yes, but I will say there's a lot to be said for the fact that he really did give Toledo enough rope to hang itself. <laughs> that he just essentially said, All right, I'm I'm not gonna move on. And they doubled down on their haughtiness. Yes, and their they said even worse things and they went on and they went on and they went on. And it's like, you know, at a certain point when Carrie destroys the prom. Yeah. You realize that Carrie had a point. So yeah, um he is as close to my wanting to give a ten in this category it's as I can imagine. Good. I just yeah. worry I worry that there's gonna be someone down the line that's gonna be even more, but I mean, what more but, could we ask from him? It's But very... the, layers, the yeah. layers. And also the fact that the last eight years of his life uh-huh. must have been, for everyone who had known what he had done, it must have been like waiting for someone to sneeze. And waiting, and waiting, and waiting. He's no, gonna... he
0: apparently he... spent those last seven years reading the Quran every
1: day. Right. Like... But at the oh, same no, time, he could totally go back to his old self any second. Yeah, I hope yeah. I bet people were hoping that he
0: didn't get better. Like, oh, God. I hope he absolutely. stays
1: ill. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> Just you, it's it's rare that you have people rooting for the cancer. The hell with it. I'm giving him a 10.
0: I'm giving him a 10. It's I'm giving great. him a 10. I would talk about I, him all Absolutely. The time. I would not
1: talk about anything else ever. That is absolutely true. Yep. And it's all none of it is admiring. But all of it is appreciative, yeah. Um, it's just wow, you, you oh, that's yeah, no, at the level
0: of detail, like the pen scratching right. that gives away the conspirators, right? Right, at subterfuge would just... with the uh governor of Toledo, man, right. he just he
1: he did he earned this test. I, I would just also like to point out that in the context of this episode that we're recording right now, you have many times said oh and there's another story about him that is the epitome (laughs) of nomadigas yeah it is yeah all right so that is a 20 yeah
0: 20 for nomadigas our first perfect
1: score our first perfect score oh good for you man yes also please don't be anywhere near me
0: our third category is orthodoxia. What did he do to promote his own faith? Again, huh. a mixed bag. A very mixed bag. It's You true. know, he, he has a reputation. Uh, first of all, he has a reputation of appointing good judges and letting them get on with their work. Yes, yes. Right? There's actually an amusing story about a, a great judge called Muhammad ibn Bashir. He was appointed by Al-Hakam and -hmm. was apparently a great and wonderful judge, although a little bit eccentric. He used to go to mosque wearing a cloak that was dyed deep yellow. He wore sandals on his feet. He left Mm -hmm. his hair loose in ringlets. He would go in basically dressed in in look-at-me clothes, Mm -hmm. And then he would go and he would preach and then he would sit outside the mosque and do uh, his judging. And he didn't give Uh, one flip what people thought about him.
1: It's like he's dressed to go to the Met Gala. That's how this feels to me. Yes. As in, well, that's not what you're supposed to wear. You look... Fabulous, though. Yeah, um, here's, uh,
0: the, the story which I read, which I just laughed so mm-hmm. much. Quote: Upon one occasion, a man came up to him, Muhammad ibn Bashir, and seeing him dressed like a gay youth, his hair scattered <laughs> and uncombed, his deep yellow cloak, perceiving traces of coal and tooth powder on his face and of henna on his hands, stopped mm-hmm. and said, Point out to me who's the Qadi. So he goes uh-huh. there, he sees the judge, and then he turns to his friend and says, oh, Okay, which, which, one's, which one's the judge? Who's the cadi? Yeah. (laughs) Here he is, said one of the audience, pointing to Ibn Bashir. But the man would not believe it and said, I see that you're amusing yourselves at my expense. (laughs) I'm a stranger to this city. I ask you who the cadi is, and you point out to be a flute player. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm
1: going to point out that flute player might be a double entendre.
0: I don't think it is in another translation. It probably translation. is not. It in, probably in another translation, not. it just says musician. Okay, all right. Anyway, this uh, guy was apparently super flamboyant and did yeah. not give one crap about what people right. said about him. And oh. he was also an amazing and fair judge.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is- Dedicated he, to his work. Right, he had to be amazing in some additional way.
0: Yes. Um, um, okay. And Al-Hakam appointed him and other- uh, I wanted to say similar, but no one was similar to him in his. No,
1: life. no, no.
0: But other um, good judges and let them get on with it. He didn't meddle in their affairs.
1: Nice. Um, I also this is a minor thing, but I like it uh, the fact that Amarus is a convert.
2: Yes, he's um, a and, and,
1: and yet he trusts him with a major, you know, deal. He he recognizes uh, in his dealing with the fugitive. There's there's very there's a very good Samaritan quality of. Dude, the Jewish person is the good guy in this story, and you, a member of our own faith, mm-hmm. are the villain. So there's very much a sense of he's able to recognize good behavior across doctrinal boundaries. Yeah. Again, layers to the guy. He, he is. There's a lot of layers to this guy. He's whitened, probably. Whitened. Yeah. He's
0: probably one of the most fully sketched out humans that we've yeah, had so yeah. far.
1: Yeah. There's a lot going on here, but he didn't build a mosque. So he did not. And um, as a
0: matter of fact, uh, one of the sources points out that when he raised the Arrabal suburb of Cordoba, mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. burned everything down, including the mosques.
1: No! Oh, no.
0: Now, these no. were probably not grand buildings like the Great Mosque of Cordoba. These were probably just buildings that were used for worship. But it's still a holy I'm building. and he still very,
1: yeah. very disappointed.
0: So it's interesting, right? Yeah. How, how do we judge someone who is quick to anger, but right. malleable, willing to appoint good judges, right. but also willing to burn down a mosque if that's yes. part of his military objectives?
1: but did spend his last eight years. Yes. In, in contemplation I mean, and study. Absolute piously. Yes. So I, I mean, it's such a mixed bag. I almost want, I'll give him a four. Um,
0: yeah. I, I think feel that's like, pretty yeah, fair.
1: Yeah. I feel like l- low average is, is what we're looking at here. Basically he gained a lot of points and he lost a lot of points. And I think ultimately he gained a few more points than he lost. But, yeah, I, I think a four feels fair. About... Yeah, me too. Oh, I, I'm going to okay. give a four. Okay. All so right. that is an eight
0: for Orthodox,
1: Yeah final category with
0: points is el resto this is okay. all the other things that go along with being king mm-hmm. now normally we don't have any sort of portraiture or sculpture right. or painting for which is Islamic a pity rulers. but we do um, have a physical description
1: of him okay all right we have we have a visual we have a we uh, do sorry, have a text, visual maybe
0: a textual painting all right good yes he was tall and thin of a very mm-hmm. dark complexion and he had mm-hmm. an aquiline nose this is interesting that they mention he has a dark complexion because Hisham and Abd al-Rahman were fair.
1: Were fair, that's right. Yeah.
0: So this this may be his mother was a concubine, so mm-hmm. perhaps mm-hmm. she she had a darker complexion. We don't right. know. There's no indication that he faced any racism for that. Okay, it was All just right. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. that's just what his skin looked like
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: apparently according to al left 20 male children and 20 female children wow that seems unlikely to me just because the numbers are the same for boys and girls
1: right right that that of, is a, it feels right.
0: like that's like a lot that's like shorthand mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. he had a lot of kids sure but he had sure. a lot of kids
1: yes he did yes he did
0: and his son, oh. Abdal Rahman, succeeds him as Abdel Rahman Second. Okay, all right. I, I twitch and all.
1: Yes, yes, he does. Okay,
0: all right, that's good. Uh, that's he, good. he did a lot of interesting governmental things. I mentioned okay. at the beginning of our talk that he's kind of the first to delegate rather than jump in himself so al-Makari points out that al-Hakam was the first monarch of his family who surrounded his throne with a certain splendor and magnificence
2: Mm, right mm -hmm. Hisham
0: was learned Hisham had a bunch of wise sure
2: sure sure
1: sure but he wasn't really into the worldly stuff no 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 Hisham, Hisham is not gonna ride across a bridge because Somebody said, I bet you'd love to do that. So yeah. no, that's, that's not, that's not Hisham's style. He um, had,
0: of course, the personal bodyguard that was always yes. stationed at the gate of his palace. He surrounded Oof. his person with a guard of Mamelukes. They mm-hmm. were called Al-Haras, which means mm. the guard.
1: Okay, um, all right. And
0: they were all either Christians or foreigners.
1: Okay, all right.
0: He okay. issued regular pay to the troops. Now, Abd al-Rahman had a standing army, but mm-hmm. if they didn't go out, they didn't get paid. Right, ah, pay was right. very much like here's basically basically when we go out and fight, you get the spoils. Sure, that's how right. army. You're paid
1: work. by you're paid by plunder, absolutely. You point. are paid by plunder, right. but
0: Al was the first one to pay like a salary, whether they went out into the field or not.
1: Hmm. All right. You know what? That's a good thing. That mm-hmm. encourages much better behavior in your soldiers, and and uh, you know, I'm sure that the Those who are conquered are very grateful that there's less incentive for plunder. Um, Yes, yeah.
0: The royal palace was also enlarged. Many more slaves, eunuchs, and servants to help with all of this enlarging of the bodyguards, enlarging of the bureaucracy.
1: Uh, Less, less, less good. More slaves is never good. No. Yeah. All right. uh, No. All right.
0: Al-Hakam is also the first one we see reference to uh, his government having spies. He kept and paid spies to increase his political abilities. Mm -hmm. They acquainted him with the state of public opinion, uh, so he could better conduct the affairs of his government. I see. So it's really, uh, Al-Makari finishes up this paragraph where he lays all this out, and he says, Mm. in this way, he was enabled to transmit to his posterity a powerful and well-organized empire. And you yeah. really do see the progression from Abd al-Rahman right. the first, Hisham mm-hmm. the first, Al-Hakam I. Yeah. first. Right, absolutely. He's really building the machinery of mm-hmm. empire.
1: Right. It, it does. It does feel very imperial. You're right.
0: Yes. Yes, it does.
1: Well, that is that's impressive. If if a little ominous
0: we could go back to uh orthodoxy and say he appointed judges true you know true. he he continues the the affairs of state sure there's a lot going on here he, uh, he ruled was, yeah. yeah he ruled for 26 years 26 years so he dies in the year uh, 822 as i said before in may he was in his mm. early 50s Mm -hmm. and he passes on the throne to Abdel
1: Rahman II. There's actually quite a lot there. As you've made the case, he really does, I don't want to say transform the country, but he progresses the country. I guess that's really the way that I want to put it. Oh, I almost
0: forgot. Two of his concubines were also important women in their own rights.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
0: Yeah. One of them was named Ahab, Mm A-J-A-B. She established a leper colony in the suburbs of Córdoba. All right. So she 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 establishes a foundation for their care, mm-hmm. and it was funded by her own estate. That's pretty good. That and another good. one of his con- concubines named Muta established a cemetery, and it was oh. still in existence in the 10th century.
1: And obviously, they you know are are done. This this is done with his encouragement and yes. presumably financial support.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, it's when you have people in your royal court that do civic works like this, it speaks to what the court is like. Yes it does. Yes it does. And so that's that's really interesting. You don't often hear a lot about women who Mm -hmm. are important in uh, at this time we talk about kings and we talk about princes and we talk about battles. And if we talk about civic works, we talk about Hisham building a bridge. Yeah. Right? All right. Um, all right. It's it's really cool to see some women this is, getting recognized.
1: Yeah. For this. this is cool. Plus, he wrote uh, he wrote slightly. Oh, he sweaty, wrote a lot of poems. Slightly yeah. smutty poetry, which I also like. Slightly um,
0: smutty poetry. Let me see yes. if I I can find uh, a good one.
1: Oh dear. Um, okay.
0: <laughs> here is a poem that he he composed about one of his concubines.
1: Okay.
0: Quote due to excess of love he became a slave when before that he was a king the mm-hmm. pains of love increase the oppression and make imminent death draw near the fawns of the palace have left him alone on the earth mad with love he puts mm-hmm. his face to the dust for her she who reclines on a bed of silk thus degradation is eased for the free man when he becomes a slave of
1: love whoa okay <laughs>
0: so you see he was quite yeah. quite passionate
1: yes he was yes he yes. was
0: he also wrote a poem about the Cordoban uprising after it had been put down.
1: Oh, you no. You want to hear that one? Oh, sure.
0: <laughs> Quote I stitched up the rents in the country with my sword of old. Since my youth, I bound the people's wounds. Ask if there is a gap in my marches and I will rush to protect it with armor, sword unsheathed. See the skulls which lie on the broad earth, gleaming like bowls of wood, which I tell you that in my fight I was not a weakling. But of old I fought with the sword. Nor was I, when they left the contest in fear, the one who abandoned it in terror. I defended my honor and I defiled theirs. Who cannot defend it will suffer base humiliation. And when we dragged in the travails of our combats, I made them drink the concentrated poison of death by killing them did I call in the loan they died because fate decreed them victims here take my country I have left it resting in peace I did not leave it in a death struggle oh whoa so what do we want to give him for el resto he definitely Um, set up a lot of things for his successors but as I said Vera, uh, the Count of Barcelona, and Inigo Arista, the King of Pamplona, are on the rise right
1: now. On the other hand, I guess this is the question is, is this what, when we think about a palace full of essentially a, a bureaucracy made up of aristocracy mm-hmm. and, and a and a guard and a standing army that's being paid, spies. Right, yeah. is this what the country is going to look like a hundred years from now? Yes. Um And my sense of it is yes. Yes. Um, is. I'm going to give him a six. I think it's really good. Yeah, I think I'm going to
0: give him a seven.
1: Oh, wow. OK. All right. Good. I'm yeah, really this, impressed. I mean, you know, basically put it this way. If you if you built a grand mosque. Well, they seven, already 10. have the grand. I know. Mosque. I know. But if but if he had, I'd give him a 10 again. Yeah, I'll give him a seven.
0: So that is a 13 for El Reisto. And that means his total score is
1: 45
0: wow he only yes. got let down because his battliness was so bad
1: right i would say he's more of a lover than a fighter but no no he's more a executioner a
0: passionate man i mean it, it just yes. comes down to that he yes. he feels yes. things very deeply and just goes for it and if you don't yes. get to him and remind him of a chronic right. verse he right. will chop everyone's heads off yes he will yes, yes he, he will. will so yeah 45 pretty great score but we mm-hmm. do have one more question are we going to allow him to sign the Fuero or are we going to tell him Fuera? See, this is what I told you at the beginning of this run of Kings. Like yeah, all of the yeah. descendants of Abdel-Rachman are really
1: good. Right, right. And it's I hard. Mean, we gave right. it
0: to Abdel-Rachman. We gave it to Hisham.
1: It, yeah, it does feel like we're just sort of handing it out like candy at this point. But I'll tell you who he has reminded me of repeatedly. And that is of, of our own thing. He, he has reminded me of Leova Guild. Yes. and he has reminded me of Chindiswin. Chindiswin, yeah. And we gave both of them fuero. And and I'm sorry. I mean, basically, if, if we look at everything but the war thing, which wasn't disastrous. No, I mean, Narbon Narbonne was going to be lost. It was regardless. never going I mean, to that. Stay. That was never going to happen. I certainly don't look at him as any kind of a failure. Uh, in that respect, just sort of a more of a non-success. And again, we're looking at a country that is going to be, for lack of a better way of putting it, a Hakamite country for quite some time. What do you mean Um, by that? I, I, I mean, he has created a political... And military infrastructure, yeah, that's going to persist. In other words, the country is is what it is because of his reign. Put it this way: if I were inheriting the kingdom after him, I would feel more secure in my power. Yeah, I think I think so. Also, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm a little um, scared of him too. If I'm we don't scared. let him
0: side, we yeah. might have our
1: heads cut off. Right. Malik Emanons once said, no, no, no. That only worked on me once.
0: Um, (laughs) I went back and read his stuff. So now I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I have to agree with you. I don't like giving it three times in a row, but but, this was quite the story.
1: We've had three winners. Yeah, we have. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Fine. all right fuero. Fine.
0: congratulations Alhaca. but please don't cut our heads off
1: please don't
0: let us know what you think we have social media we yes. have email it's spanish arpada just contact us and let us know what you think it's, it's always good
1: to hear from people we, or, we have <laughs> encountered our first fan in the wild did we not? We have.
0: No. We went out to Pints last week and one of the people there was like, do you have a podcast? I was like, oh my gosh, you <laughs> listen to our podcast.
1: Yes, that's that's never happened before, but it was nice. That was, was really nice. It was very nice. nice. <laughs> yep. All right, recommendations time. You go yes. first this week. I will. I am going to recommend a book that I've been listening to. It is, it, i is. I am listening to the book because I because they made it into a mini series on Showtime and I saw the preview and I said well I'm never watching that because what the, what the what the series is and what the book is is the good lord bird it is a novel written by James McBride that is about John Brown and basically the the plot is there is a, a young boy enslaved who is living in Kansas during the Bleeding Kansas period. And his father works as a barber and into the shop one day comes John Brown. And one thing leads to another. His father is killed. John Brown takes this boy, quote unquote, liberating him. Mm-hmm. And he winds up very unwillingly joining John Brown's militia up to and including uh the fatal raid on Harper's Ferry. And it is, it is it's the story of John Brown told by uh James McBride is himself black, told from a, a person's perspective that is beautifully equipped to both appreciate and be horrified at John Brown and what John Brown did and why he did it. I think that's a good
0: Perspective to have on yes, on it's Broadway. it's terrific. Amazed
1: and, and horrified, right. and amazed and horrified, and it is, and it is funny. It is some basically. It has been very clear from the beginning that this is basically a version of the Huckleberry Finn mm. uh, narrative where you have. He's an unreliable narrator because he's, you know, like nine years old. All of the people around him, and he meets, they meet uh, Frederick Douglass, they meet Harriet Tubman. It is this period in history told from the perspective of a young boy, uh, who, by the way, John Brown mistakes initially for a girl. And then being John Brown refuses to acknowledge that he is anything other than a girl because John Brown is never wrong about anything, um, <laughs> uh, and it's and that's the thing. It is it is funny. It is absurd. It is at many many cases horrifying. And it's just it's just wonderfully well written. And I will also add that the narrator, the, the the person who is reading the book, whose name of course uh, I, I am currently lost, is terrific. He is he is really just uh, absolutely wonderful. Actually, oh, that's his name. He's Michael Boatman. So, who is an actor where if you when you see his face you'll you'll recognize him as somebody that you have seen many times and have enjoyed. And he's a wonderful wonderful narrator. So yeah, and the reason that I've read this book is because they adapted it into a TV series, and Ethan Hawke plays John Brown, and I refuse to see anything that Ethan Hawke plays John Brown in because he's awful. And where was Michael Shannon? Um, michael shannon should have played john brown last week why is he not playing john brown all the time because that's who michael shannon was born to play uh so anyway there you go that's that's my recommendation the good lord bird
0: i think i might need to uh to read that one i am also recommending a book actually a book series i finally Ah. picked up the Murderbot diaries
1: ah yes all right
0: so this is a series of science fiction books written by martha wells Mm. the first one is called all systems red and the second Mm. one is called artificial condition there are more but those are the only two i've been able to get my hands on because somebody at the library checked out three and four and i'm waiting for them to return it could right have then. returned it yesterday, so I yes. should be getting the notice anytime now mm-hmm. that I can go pick them up. The series is called The Murderbot Diaries because mm-hmm. it is told from the point of view of a robot mm-hmm. uh, known as a security unit that has been created to provide security for humans. They uh, make sure that when humans go and explore other planets, that any fauna on the planets do not attack them or that sure. the humans do not go crazy and attack each other. This Particular sec unit, uh, murder bot as they refer to themselves, mm-hmm. is ha- has hacked their own system so that they don't <laughs> have to obey commands. Uh huh. Right? They use they have used this ability to watch a lot of soap operas, basically, <laughs> is what they do. They download soap operas and they watch them and <laughs> uh, they do their job, uh, okay just so Mm -hmm. the humans won't notice that, you know, there's something wrong with this robot that won't obey commands anymore. (laughs) But really they spend all their time watching soap operas and listening Mm. to things like that. They're on a job with a group of researchers on a planet and something goes terribly wrong. Mm. And this leads to the discovery that this robot has been hacked. This Mm -hmm. leads to uh, a discovery that the company that is sponsoring them is crooked and, Mm -hmm. and, and, they have to work together, the, the robot and the sec unit and the humans to mm-hmm. basically get off the planet alive. Wow.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. It's really very quite interesting. There's mm-hmm. a lot. It it's one of the ones where it drops you right into the world, uses all of the technical jargon. So for the first mm-hmm. couple pages, it it took a little bit to grab me. Right. But right once I sure. was grabbed, I was grabbed. It was mm-hmm. so su- it's super interesting. It's mm-hmm. funny there's just a lot of humor in looking at humans from the outside
1: in this way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it is. I love um, i
0: I read the books because I mm-hmm. prefer to read, but sure. the, uh audiobooks are narrated by kevin r free which if oh. you're a f- if you're a fan of welcome to night Vale, he is right. evil desert bluffs cecil which is mm-hmm. great it, that's mm-hmm. a great narrator i sure. might go back and listen to them just so i can hear him narrate them because right. it, it's awesome
1: well i have uh, a long car ride coming up so i may do that <laughs> you should
0: because that'll be great now the books themselves are pretty short which is mm-hmm. great if you need something bite-sized they're like 100 150 pages okay. but there are longer books most of them are novellas but but there are mm. a couple of full-size novels all right uh, one of which is coming out later this year so the murder diaries by martha mm. wells excellent science fiction all right all right so next time we are going to be leaving the south for a little bit because mm. we have to look and see what is happening on the marches and we are right. going to uh review Barra, the first count of barcelona Excellent. Yes. So we will see you then.
1: All right. Goodbye. Bye.